0: Axis Mundi. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, Associate Professor of Religious Studies at Skidmore College. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center at the University of California, Santa Barbara. I am joined for the second time by Dr. Richard Steigman-Gall, who is Associate Professor of History at Kent State. Uh, Dr. Steigman-Gall is an expert uh, in many things. His academic interests concern the cultural and religious dimensions of German National Socialism, specifically the cohort of Nazis who believed in, quote, positive Christianity, and the struggles they waged with Nazism's neo-pagans for religious dominance in the Third Reich. His articles have appeared in the journals uh, German History, Kirchlich Zeitgeschichte, I'm practicing my German here uh, for the first time in probably a year, Social History, Central European History, Totalitarian Movements, and Political Religions, the Journal of Contemporary History, His book, uh, which I've recommended in the past and will recommend again, The Holy Reich, Nazi Conceptions of Christianity, 1919 to 1945, uh, came out uh, in 2003 with Cambridge University Press and has been translated into several languages. So uh, once again, Richard, thanks for joining me and thanks for being here.
1: Brad, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I wanted to um, have you on, just you are an expert in, um, you know, sort of Nazi Germany and that historical period and that uh, that historical place. And I wanted to just start today by asking you if you could help us understand and at a very basic level the fact that um, in 1923, Hitler uh, and his cohorts really made a first push for power in Germany. And I, I, you know, for all of you listening, you might be thinking, "Well, why are we talking about this?" And, and the reason I, I want to talk about it is because, as Richard, I think we'll explain here in a second, uh, that was a failed coup in many ways, and yet the fallout from it were was was immensely important. It really set up what led later to um, Hitler's rise to power. And so uh, I think you all can see the 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 kind of historical comparisons I'm trying to provide here with what's happening in our own country. So with that, I'll just say, Richard, what happens in 1923? Give us the like very basic, I'm a freshman in college. I know nothing. What do I need Sorry. to know about 1923?
1: I was going to say the the napkin version, but if you like the freshman version, Brad, we can, we can do that too. So um, Hitler uh, is in Munich, which is a hotbed of far right agitation at the start of the Weimar Republic and uh, this is the fall of the empire uh, the fall of the the kaiserreich as it's called the you know kaiser wilhelm flees he abdicates and in the chaos at the end of world war 1 a republic is declared and for a lot of germans uh the very birth then of a republic is associated with the humiliation of defeat right at the end of world war 1 so that's a very inauspicious uh, birth of a of a new political um uh, a new political reality um, so, Munich—not the capital of Germany, Berlin—but rather the capital of Bavaria, Munich becomes a uh, a, uh, a hotbed of far right agitation, and the Nazi Party, in fact, is not the only Naziistic party uh, in Munich. There are other rival Naziish or fascist uh, parties that are in Munich, such that the Nazi Party, the NSDAP, is simply one of those. Um, so Hitler uh, becomes a gravitational force in the Munich uh, far-right political sort of ecosystem. Uh, some scholars think it's his personal charisma that welds these uh, different parties together. And um, 1923 is also a very turbulent year in Germany uh, because of um, the uh, inflation that had uh, racked uh, Germany's economy, wrecked uh, the currency. Um, Now, that um, culminates in the French just marching into one part of Germany to start extracting wealth from the country because Germany had been behind on its reparations payments to France at the end of World War I. The Treaty of Versailles demanded that Germany pay back for the damage they had done to uh, France in the war. And the French just march in and start extracting resources when the Germans failed to deliver them. Now, that happens to actually take place somewhere else entirely in Germany, not anywhere near Bavaria. But because Bavaria... Is such a hotbed, a pre-existing hotbed. It's in this kind of environment that in November of 1923, um, the, the Nazis uh, led by Hitler decide, okay, let's, let's use this moment to strike. So this is a, a famously uh, a push that famously begins in a beer hall. <laughs> uh, the Burger in a part of Munich, which then got destroyed in World War II. So it's not like a place you can visit now. And um, the, the, One of the more interesting questions when you ask about comparative analysis with what happened uh, on January 6th um, in Congress is the role of pre-existing political establishment, right, in either uh, looking the other way or winking their eye or perhaps resisting what Hitler was up to. So um, it was um, a government, the the existing government of Bavaria in 1923 was a um, right-wing establishment, Uh, government. It wasn't far-right. It was right. It was, you know, plainly conservative. Um, And, but to be conservative in Bavaria in 1923 was to be among among other things, already desirous of monarchy, right? So uh, a centuries-long history of monarchy uh, was also present in Bavaria. And so five years after the end of that monarchy, as you might expect, a lot of mainstream, I'll call them mainstream conservatives, have a lot of fondness for monarchy and are monarchist in their sentiments. So You've got a political establishment, which is monarchist and right wing, and then a new radical movement, which does not seek the return of monarchy. Right. That's an interesting question in itself, Brad. Uh, Hitler allows for enough ambiguity for certain old old elites in the German monarchy. uh, Pardon me, the German nobility to um, suppose that they might be welcomed by the Nazi movement but Hitler never actually comes out and says, yes, I will restore monarchy because, of course, that's never an interest of his.
0: Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get